Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast, Three Witches and a Druid. My name is Margot, And I'm Gwen. Maeve. And I'm Brian. Today, we are talking about solitary practice versus group practice and our personal experiences with that and perhaps what we think the rest of the country, the rest of the continent, the rest of the world might possibly fit into that. It's not really solitary versus group. No, that's that was probably a bad choice of words. No, no, no. It, I've said it multiple times myself. Yeah. You're not alone. I guess I think it's not that one is better than the other in any way. And you can still do solitary work while doing group work as well. I think that's how I would identify because I belong to a number of different circles and I value them and I get a lot of value out of them and I see value in community building but my practice is primarily solitary because I think a lot of pagans have sort of a unique worldview to them you know there's so many labels out there and you can share in certain practices in a group or you could deal with well this group I deal with dark moon work or this group I go and attend the druid rituals or I go and do this with these people and it fills a specific need or or hole in my practice but to say that I belong to a group in the same way perhaps in another religion where I could comfortably rattle off the Apostles' Creed and say, I believe this, this, and this, and know that everybody else in that congregation is rattling off those same things and has that same worldview. When I go to a pagan group thing, we know we are in this co-creative thing where we are all sort of compromising to get to that transformative experience. That's my feeling. Maybe I'm the only one compromising when I'm there, but that's my feeling when I go to groups. And I need them, but my practice is primarily solitary. Go to a group. It's, it's not compromised. Like every person there may have a specific goddess that they work with or God that they work with or that's in their private solitary, I guess, solitary practice. It might not be the same as the person next to you. One of us have our own affiliations with different gods and different goddesses. I'm much like you. You know, I belong to groups, but not there every day with me in the way I run my life and sort of have my 
spirituality in my life every day. A compromise is a word or compliment or contribute, lending of, or whatever the case might be. But, you know, I, I understand what you're saying that, you know, everyone's a little bit, a little bit different. As the Druid, Brian, you're part of a group with a lot of structure. Well, I've never really done anything solitary because as soon as I sort of stepped away from shamanism and stepped into Druidry, I, with the assistance of Mark and Allie, we formed a Grove of Nova Scotia Druids and we've been going in that direction ever since. But even as a group, as a grove, each individual has usually a slightly different take on what it is we're doing or different gods and goddesses they look up to. Now, there are definitely lots of crossover and I think that's where we benefit from the group work. I'm a follower of the Morrigan, but so is Mark Meadows. And so we discuss quite a lot as a group, I guess. But personally, like, I think I've done a lot of study solitary. Like, I finished the ADF Dedekind program, and that was all on my own. It was, it was a solitary practice. That was enjoyable, I guess, in a sense. Personally, I'm a, I'm a bit of a socialite. I enjoy doing this sort of thing in a group, in a community, more so than sort of just on my own. I certainly enjoy groups. It is also a sense of connecting, I think, especially when you're first coming to it. Oh, and I remember when I had been alone in the beginning and there was very little to, you know, be had. Help you out back then. Now there's like a thousand books at the touch of your computer. To, to connect with others is, is a really, really wonderful thing. You know, do being solitary, some people, oh, I can't be a witch unless I have a coven. That certainly is not the case. No can have just as many meaningful experiences and your life can be, you know, just as pagan as the next person's, you know, if you're not in a coven or, you know, a group or a grove or however you might like to describe it. Right. And now you just touched upon something there. Being a solitary, say, in 1980 is drastically different than being a solitary today in 2021. (laughs) Because even if you're a solitary, there's a good chance you're a member of a Facebook group or a chat form or some organization. And your your own individual practice may be solitary, but you're still a part of the larger group in some way. Or even just being able to access the information is significantly easier, where back in the day, (laughs) I'm sure it was a lot more difficult. I thought, oh, I'm the only one in Nova Scotia. Oh, my goodness. How could I be a witch? This is outrageous. You know, you find one book and, you know, doing your thing. And I think also, yes, the information is out there, which is wonderful. We've gone from no information to so much information that even if you're solitary, you're right, Brian, the difference of having those online communities and connections is kind of good because if you're the person that is doing your practice and setting your learning curve and those sorts of things, you can go off on a tangent. You can go down a dark hole sometimes. And in the UU, I'm trying to think one of their principles is something like we're there to support each other's because they're a multi-faith church. They're there to support each other's free and responsible search for spirituality or spiritual path or spiritual education or something. So while I'm responsible, sometimes you need the other person to point out your bullshit, right? You can get off on a tangent. You might be down a hole. There's so much stuff available. Not all of it is of decent quality. You can 
go down a dark hole and find yourself in a uh, not very good place. And if you bring that into a forum and say, I'm reading this and they're telling me this and seems real to me. And somebody says, well, have you thought about it in the greater context? And you go, oh my goodness, yes, I need to read these books because there is so much information out there and you can get off into things where you go into maybe focus or which leads into racism or you could go another way that leads into appropriation or all of these sorts of things or just faulty, faulty scholarship. If it's you setting up your own learning curve and you have no nothing to bounce these ideas off, you don't really have a way of checking your own progress on, down your path. So I think if you're very solitary, you can sometimes get off the rails and have large course corrections on your path sometimes, but it's so much easier now with groups and that sort of thing that you can feel comfortable and safe because you're doing it at home and you have access to stuff and you have access to materials, but you also have access to a community of people on the same trajectory or journey as yourself that may bring up things. Sometimes you don't know what you think until you talk about it with other people. Yes. Right, right. That is certainly true. Hearing yourself say it out loud and explain it and then you have to actually think about why you think it or believe it or how it's affecting you it's certainly nice it is very different when i began all those years ago right Mm -hmm. very very different i've never been a member of the uu but how do you feel being a member of an organization where you're not necessarily all believing the same thing how do you feel that affected your your path it was very interesting so i am no longer a member of the uu just because of circumstance not because of the uu in and of itself it's always been very supportive here this particular uu they consider pagan and earth-based spiritualities their sixth source sort of thing of wisdom and they've been very inclusive and supportive of the pagan community by just my life path and my work and all those sorts of things but i was very invested in it. Yeah, I, it is a really good experience for people because it can teach you to open your mind because you're in a room with people who are talking about different ideas and some people are coming at it from a Christian or a Buddhist or a new thought background. You you may be bringing pagan ideals and you may be discussing addictions. That may be the homily of the day's presentation or whatever, or you may be discussing an ethic or a world situation. I know maybe you were going prior to COVID, weren't you a little more off? I actually, and I've been meaning to do it for many years, but back a year ago this past November I woke up and I said you know what I'm going to the Unitarian Church it was a Sunday morning (laughs) and I put on my clothes and off I went I have said to people when they say oh you're going to church what do you mean you're going to church because you know being a pagan and all that and I said well I said anybody can go here in truth I have told more than one person an atheist could go walk in there and feel comfortable. When I started, the minister was an atheist. He was an atheist. He was a philosophy, a doctor of philosophy, but he was a humanitarian. And so all of those ideals and everything, and the but the search, how we all got to those sort of ideals and looking at life in various ways, that was the puzzle for him. And he was supportive of all groups. And yet here he was just a humanitarian. So you're very right. I know when my sons were going, I came to kind of give them a little bit of structure and they were in their 
teens when we moved to the city. And I know my youngest son said something or other. Somebody had said to him, I can't believe you part of an organized religion. And he said, there's nothing organized about the EU church. <laughs> A lot of it is just, you know, how can I live my life? How can I have the strength to get through every day? How can I be kind to others? Not give in to despair when I feel it. Anyone could go there, truly anyone. Mm-hmm. Most Sundays I'm watching it on Zoom because they do have the Zoom meetings. I was having a down kind of period of my life. and uh, We all learned. We all started off without enough experience. So yeah, I'm just going to go do this. And I truthfully, I now regret not taking my daughter there starting when she was young because mm. they have a marvelous religious exploration program for children. Yes, I found that. Marvelous. I, fa- I found that. That's one of the things like Karen has mentioned a few times. That's something that paganism lacks. It's not necessarily that Sunday school dogma sense, but like <laughs> the community building, the family support. Yeah. 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 Because anything my daughter knows, she kind of just did with me or maybe a few friends. That kind of idea. There wasn't a whole group of kids yeah. he was around with. Yeah. And that's something we as a Grove benefit from, of course, because there's multiple children and they all, they're all roughly the same age. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I didn't have that so much, but I will say, and this is just my personal opinion, maybe people out there who are solitary, wish they had a group, wish they could find a coven. Yeah. Even if you can't find a coven and you are solitary, waltzing into the Unitarian Church on a Sunday morning is a way to connect with people who are broad-minded. They're always interested in what you have to say. I can say a lot of really good things about them. I'm always taking pictures of the music. The songs are great. It's like, oh, we're going to bring that up at the next gathering. I'm going to learn this song. (laughs) We do it at the next pagan festival. Oh, the spirit of the wind or something. Oh, shit, I'm doing this. And that is a big deal. I know I was in the beginning for myself so desperate to find a coven. Mm -hmm. No, I was younger and I was so desperate to find a coven. And I found a coven, which was maybe not the best coven for me. And it was like, okay. This is just not where I should be at all because there was nowhere really to go. And there weren't these other platforms to go to. You know, I question their ethics a little bit here and there. Just because you're looking for a group don't, and you find a group, don't worry if that group is not for you. You may have to try a time or two find people that you really mesh with. You might have to try a time or two to find a group you, you gel with. And what They'll better be, way yeah, to learn new things groups. and get new yeah. ideas. And, and another favorite thing of mine about working with people who may not necessarily see spirituality the same as I do or see the world the same as I do, sometimes that helps you confirm within yourself why you believe what you believe and why you feel the way you feel as well. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to disagree. It just helps sort of solidify within yourself what your belief system is. And you may find that you find other people sort of starting out on a path and you decide to work your way through it. You, you decide to make it a book club and there's nothing wrong with three or four people picking up the sacred balance or, you know, a Scott Cunningham book or however you want to approach it and say, let's, let's read it together and see what we get out of it. And you can start your own. Absolutely. Do not be afraid to start your own and don't think, Oh, I don't have enough experience. You'll learn on the job. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes. We learned. <laughs> we learned on the job. We have our bruises to prove it. I was reading just recently, and I thought this is perfect for this episode. Terry Pratchett quote here, he said, the word for a group of witches is not a coven. It's an argument. (laughs) (laughs) So be prepared. Be prepared. It's not a coven of witches. It's an argument of witches. So, you know, you can't have this many free thinking, out of the box, willing to step away from consistent sort of party lines people and have it all work out. So a few bumps in the road in group work. Will be a few bumps in the road. A really great way to kind of get around that get around it but so that everyone has a good experiences every month you know whoever's in charge is going to be doing it their way you know if you've got a coven depending if you have a traditional coven with a high priest and a high priestess who are leading the rituals every time and whatnot that you know sort of a btw british traditional wicca Mm -hmm. yeah that that's one way you are getting a bunch of various pagans together well it's kind of like the the you you of the pagan world oh look we're having an isatru ritual this month oh we're having a druid ritual this month we're having a wiccan ritual the next month you know you kind of have your duty witch it does inter intermesh a lot you can get a lot out of it so don't be afraid we have a bunch of people here who'd like to have a group but we're all sort of different paths you can still have a group yeah whoever's turn it is well they're in charge and they're the duty witch or set the agenda absolutely mm-hmm if you find, okay, well, there's six of us and I'm only getting to do a Wiccan ritual once every six months, that you can incorporate your solitary practice and do strictly your Wiccan things if that's what you like. Or, you know, if you're in a Satu, do strictly your Satu things in your, you know, in your solitary practice. I don't think you have to be just one or the other. If you can have a group, and as you started out with Gwen there, you know, and have your solitary practice as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so as a grove, of course, all of our rituals are going to be sort of the same system. They're all a druid, usually ADF ritual. But we often invite or hope that other members of the grove will hold each ritual differently. Usually the senior druid will lead any ritual that others have volunteered for. But through a year, we can see seven or eight different rituals, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And often given from a different perspective of whoever's running that ritual. Right. 
again, that sort of you and and Mark have a shared divinity that you that you honor. But it's always nice when somebody else is in charge of the ritual and you learn something new about part of the pantheon that you may not have known before. Exactly. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Not that there are not, you know, traditional TW type covens around or Asatru groups or, you know, groves and whatnot. But I think that the couple of groups I have heard of, they all tend to be just sort of pagans and they're all kind of taking turns. The strict, hey, this coven is dedicated to Aradia, blah, blah, blah. We're only doing it this way. That's not as common as it maybe once was. No. Or eclectic. And so on that topic, it's funny too, before we started recording this, we talked about all these statistics and we haven't actually mentioned them. <laughs> but it brings up a good point. And I'm just going to read this off from the website is roughly in 2011 at the last uh, statistic on religion in Canada, roughly 25 to 26,000 people had said they were some form of pagan. We could probably all agree here that that number is very, very small compared to what it actually would be. Minimum double yeah. or triple it. Yeah. yeah. Minimum double. Where this website here is saying that roughly 0.4% of Americans would identify as some form of paganism. That is anywhere from 1 to 1.5 million people. So what we've talked about is being able to find groups. There used to be a website for that, and that website's now gone. Am I correct? Was it Witchbox? Witchbox, yeah. Witchbox was, a lot of people used Witchbox. I think in many communities, and when I moved here, the store was Little Mysteries, and Margo was working there at the time, but it had a bulletin board. And I think often, more so than other retail establishments or even spiritual store establishments, the pagan store, the occult store owners have taken on that uh, sort of role of also being a bulletin board providing connections for people that come in and having information about groups that are meeting and groups that are having open rituals or accepting people. I think almost that's the best way to do it in communities where there are businesses. Right. I suspect a lot of that has moved online to like large Facebook groups like Canadian Witches and Pagans. Like the Maritime Pagan Community. Maritime Pagan Community. Uh, there's some very large sort of general pagan groups just on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Used to be the Yahoo group, remember? There used to be Yahoo yeah. group. I think Facebook's pretty much taken over for ease of use and stuff. On that note, though, with large online Facebook groups, you run into the issue where the amount of like positive information is great, but the amount of misinformation is also astronomical. But that was really one of Vanessa's motivations for opening the store, was realizing that aside from accessibility to resources, there was no central kind of meeting spot. There was no central community. Not that she felt it was her responsibility to build a community, but providing the space for people to be able to connect and create their own community was really important to her when she opened that store. I tend to agree. It's almost 
the Wikipedia thing. When the members supply the information, at least Wikipedia tries to hire fact checkers, right? Yeah, exactly. These groups, you being sort of an administrator of a group that has just grown astronomically, to be on top of the posts and to be filtering that out and stuff. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And and if somebody doesn't let you know or something, there could be misinformation or worse on these groups. So that can be an issue, yeah. It, it's funny, like, not just a week ago, we had a, a major issue with the whole, like, the assault on the Capitol in the United States, the QAnon shaman. There was a lot of conversation online about that. Right. And just in the in the group, a lot of people were frustrated with the talk of politics or anything along those lines. And trying to keep on top of it was, was difficult. Yeah. Also, in another group I'm a member of, it's a homeschooling group for pagan children. You've kind of realized over time that a very large portion of its membership were very far right conservatives. Right. So that eventually imploded on itself. And it's interesting to sort of watch these dynamics happen because you would think as pagans, and I'm obviously, I don't want to get into politics too much, but you think that a large portion of pagans would be left-leaning, but there are right-leaning pagans, and that can influence, like, online communities in that sense. Mm -hmm. As much as I hate to say it, there are pagans who, well, you're not a real witch unless you do it my way. Oh, yes, 100%. There's all kinds of that. So as much as we like to think, oh, maybe we're we're a little, you know, beyond that and we're more enlightened in the end. Yeah, no, we're all people. Yeah, there's lots of that going around. It's very interesting. Yeah, Yeah. It, it is hard. You just have to. I think a lot of it is just, you know, does this feel right? I told my mother about this with what I'm doing with these people online, would she tut 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 at me? Yeah. You know, because that seems <laughs> manipulative or she might not like your paganism, but I mean, does it seem manipulative? Is it something that you know my friends would say, they made you do what? Or they told you that you had to do what? Right. You know, kind of have to maybe use a little bit of common sense if that's possible. So there was a thing, and I think it was more in Facebook has has become more, you know, an old fogies medium and TikTok. There's mediums used by younger people, you know, and these are broad generalizations sort of thing. And I think in some of the other social media platforms, six months and so even still a little bit now, they had a thing going around whenever anybody would say something, there'd be, well, there are no rules in witchcraft. And sometimes you could see where they were coming from because there was that, you know, yes, we don't want to gatekeep or yes, we don't want to create the, if you do this, you can't do that. But I'm sorry, being an ethical person, there are rules. There can be rules in witchcraft and in a religious path. There can be rules in a religious path. And you're saying, can I tell my mother this? My kind of rule is if somebody questioned me, would I feel compelled to lie? If it would make me, oh, I want to tell a little white lie so I don't have to get into it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing it. That's that's my that's my cutoff there. You know, no, I'm sorry. If I can't say no, I did that. I'm not doing it. Right. Absolutely. I'm not doing it, but it can get tough. And when you identify as a alternative religion and an alternative lifestyle, sometimes there can be that pressure to be a rule breaker. So when you are outside of the standard set of rules, you know, that we 
all agree on in society sort of thing. If you're a little bit outside that, where's that boundary? You're on a you're on a shore and the waves are coming in and out. Where is the sand and where is the water sometimes? Where is that boundary if you're in that liminal space? And sometimes that goes bad and sometimes it doesn't. So it is nice to have group, but it also you have to be cautious about that as well. Right. I'd just like to say to anyone who is just coming to their path, to the pagan path and exploring, and you so wish that you knew others and you could meet others, don't despair. They're everywhere and you will find them. There are even little rituals you could even do to say, can I find other like-minded people? So there are things that can be done, can be discouraging. Maybe if you're living very, maybe in a very lying area we are around oh yes there's lots and don't despair or give up and keep your practice up and eventually you will come and i will say again it is so much easier today you may find out that there is a festival you know two counties over or somewhere else in your province or your state or anywhere in your country wherever it might be so keep your practice up and don't despair we really are everywhere It's like we're everywhere. We're everywhere. That's a good point. Festivals are probably one of the best places to go and meet pagans. Yes. Because I have never been to a festival and never been shown more than over the top hospitality. Agreed. Everybody wants to get to know you. Everybody wants to share a cup of mead with you. Everybody wants to sit around the fire and do silly things. And it's great. Yes. I don't care if COVID's on next summer. We're having something. Yes. <laughs> we could have easily camped and everybody just not had a feast. There was just no need for, you know, anyway. The Druids did that. <laughs> but you know, it was outside. That was outside. I see nothing wrong and we all get together and we converge on Blomidon and we just suggest that everybody book a site on this day, on this weekend. Yeah. Dollar Lake has a group site for the love of God. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all the provincial parks have group sites. Now, I think one of the drawbacks with the group sites is, I believe I could be wrong, but I think they might be dry. Mm. So a bunch of pagans in a dry camp might not work. That's not yeah, yeah that's well, I don't know. I, you'd have to check that out because you're allowed to drink in provincial oh, group sites in a provincial park. Yes, group sites, no. just the group sites. Well, it, it might that might be dry up to a certain point because I, I know a lot of the provincial parks have a point, a date where you can start doing stuff. Uh, I think it's July 1st mm-hmm. or something that okay. they're all dry t- until we'll have to look it up. Yeah, because it seems to me after the original gathering site stopped being available, we were looking at some of the group sites. And I'm in my head, it's there's something back there about them being dry. But again, booking a bunch of campsites all next to each other, all the provincial campgrounds have a big field somewhere. They do, all of them. You know, you could easily do a large ritual with social distancing. I don't see why that would be, how that would be a problem. Yeah. Actually, Brian, one of my earliest memories of you, I think possibly my very earliest memory of you, was at a festival in PEI. Yeah, PEI Festival Gathering. Robinson's Island, a long time ago. I think I may have met you at ages before that, though. It may have, but it was very, very early on. Rain was with me. She wasn't two years old yet. She was a year and a half old, and she was off with me. I've been to four festivals outside of the Maritimes, 
not knowing a single soul and everyone I've I've walked away with friends. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. It's a wonderful experience. Yeah. And you know, someday we may want to take three witches and a druid on the road. Agreed. Wow. That would be fun. <laughs> Live broadcast fun. from this festival or that festival. That'd be awesome. That would be magnificent. I a hundred percent be down for that. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Be down for that. Well, that's great. Right, everyone. Well, thank you very much for tuning in again. And certainly there, we'd like to see all the stars that you'd like to give us. And if you have any suggestions or comments, feel free to put them down. Or you can go to our Facebook page at Three Witches and a Druid. And we'll be hearing you again in about two weeks. So until then, Merry Meet. Merry Part. Merry Meet again. Blessed be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.